This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey, Nadpoles. Caldwell here to talk to you about Hero Forge, the best place to get fully customizable tabletop miniatures with dozens of fantasy species and thousands of parts to choose from. I actually just built a version of my Underdark Gnome Illusion Wizard, Kraslo, for use in a home game my friend has been running, and it was incredibly fun getting to scroll through all the options and details to bring this mage-handed menace to life. Their easy-to-use design tools let you build your perfect miniature online using a fully 3D, in-depth character creator right in your browser. Oh, and before you ask, yes, Hero Forge has goggles, and yes, Kraslo is wearing them. So if you've been thinking about splurging on a miniature for your D&D campaign, wait no longer, because May 2nd to May 9th, Hero Forge is having a spring sale. You can get 10% off all physical miniatures and free shipping, including international shipping on all orders. The figures are tiny, but the savings are huge. To take advantage of this great offer, visit HeroForge.com to start designing your custom miniature today and check back often because new content is added every week. Ooh, good to know. Kraslo just got a hat of vermin in the campaign, and I really want to find an annoying top hat for him to wear to represent that. In the meantime, that's it for me. Thanks for listening, and happy forging. Dungeon, 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 Lowly, bailiff, Jake. Lowly, I don't know. Honorable. Honored to see you. Honored to see you, Justice Murphy. Honored to see you, Justice Axford. Doesn't have to be lowly. Honored to see two of you. (laughs) Bailiff Hurwitz, it it is um, a pleasure. A disgusting, a disgusting (laughs) thing that I have to bear. A disgusting part of my day that I must gaze down upon you, but it must be done. Even if it's not honorable, that's fine. Just, you know, doesn't have to be (laughs) disgusting. I gaze down upon you from my lofty bench, and I I actually twitch with compassion because I've been where you are. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and I look at you knowingly because I once sat atop that bench. (laughs) Okay, we just share a really knowing nod. (laughs) Not me. My head's in the clouds. I look at you and I say, you beautiful mortal. (laughs) As you unwrap a really slimy turkey sandwich. Classic patronizing a turkey. Behavior. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm eating a bologna sandwich, and a full piece of bologna falls off in the top and slaps Jake in the face. Oh. <laughs> My God. Yeah, we really should have put you outside of the splash zone, aka yeah. at least ten feet away from uh, Murph's podium. Yeah, the decorum is broken. And with that, we will throw to bailiff Jake. Hear ye, hear ye. Crit is now in session. The honorable Supreme Crit Justices Axford, Murphy, and Tanner presiding that's right it's good to be here well spoken mortal <laughs> it's it, it hurts to say that after the intro i was given but that's fine. hey i gave you a knowing nod <laughs> <laughs> you did and i appreciate it you do the best with what little you have i threw you down a poncho for all the food that falls off of uh, murph's bench <laughs> and it is a lot it's he keeps a, a very dressed bologna sandwich <laughs> Um, All right. The first case comes from Arwen R. Mm. Arwen writes, may it please the court and the average bailiff. Okay. See, I don't like it when other people do it. This is our bailiff to throw bologna at. 
<laughs> this is our beautiful mortal. Yeah. <laughs> Protect me. The fiery passion of a human burns within him. How dare you insult him? Yeah, we are detached and godlike. <laughs> and look at him with all of his beautiful feelings. Thank you. Thank you for ogling me like uh, like a zebra in the zoo. And his sun-damaged skin. Oh, how delicate. It was a long summer. Uh, may it please the court and the average bailiff. I was in a campaign where I was co-DM oh. because the group was so large. I was the original DM. I ran story. He ran combat. Mm. We were in cool. a fight on an island surrounded by lava. One druid went to cast reverse gravity and the other druid prepared gust of wind to blow all the bad guys into the lava. The co-DM used counterspell, which made my group very despondent. Mm. I looked over at the monster stat block and I saw that they didn't have a high enough level counterspell to instantly counter. It should have been a roll off. I whispered to him that the druid should get to roll for it. He was firm that there would be no roll-off. To this day, my group is still very upset about the situation, and it kills me to know that they were not given the chance to roll. Should I have stood up for my players and made the other DM be true to the stat block and made it a roll-off? Was I in the wrong for staying quiet? This is how Rome fell. This is how Rome fell. They once had a beautiful system, two ruling consuls, and yet they moved to the empire system because one would not stand. This is how it happens. You have to stand firm. Okay, so that's what I was going to ask. Is this like, I was going to actually throw it to Caldwell. Is this, because this almost feels like a parenting thing, right? It's like, mm. you have to, oh. don't you I like, feel like this should have been a private yeah. conversation. Don't you kind of have to, mm. like, you're supposed to present a united front and then privately you can have, like, you can be like, actually, I think that Beth should be taking violence. Yeah. Well, we <laughs> haven't reached that. <laughs> it is all about Beth's violin. Beth <laughs> should, Beth really should be learning the violin. She's old enough. <laughs> Yeah, Beth, whatever you want. Can I just talk to mom for a second? Can I talk Beth to is mom go, for Beth a second? Beth is a quitter. She's going to get Beth is go, she's a quitter. What are we going to do? We're going to buy a violin for Beth to fucking quit another activity? <laughs> she sure had a fun time at horse camp. Yeah. Where's that money? <laughs> Why don't we buy Beth a recorder, Tina? <laughs> um, we haven't reached that stage of parenting yet because we can just say whatever we want in front of the child. Uh, we're mm. still at, you know, I the thought she stage. was pretty. Ad- I thought Sid was pretty advanced, though. She is. And she knows when we say fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and she laughs because it is hilarious. It's very funny to her. <laughs> OK, so you don't have a parenting, a parenting take on this. You know what? Honestly, I think it would be a power move, though, to be like, can it I speak be... to you outside of the room? Because like, yeah, you can't do that. You can't do that because that's weirder. Oh, yeah. you think so? <laughs> yeah. You can't say, can Just I speak a firm, to you? Can I speak to can you? Can I speak to you outside of the room is like haunting. I think you have to be really casual. Session is weird now. <laughs> I, think, I, I think you did the right thing by bringing it up. But I also, I, look, I understand, you know, I, I think you don't want the DM like fudging rolls or anything like that. But you do have to make rulings. And there is a reason for the DM screen is that they're like juggling a lot of balls. So to kind of sit there and second guess that and to be like, Oh, actually, I can see back here, and uh, actually, that's not true. But you know what? You wouldn't need to. You wouldn't need to actually see though to be like, oh, counterspell. What level are you casting it at? Because reverse gravity is like seventh level. Like you wouldn't. You could have like almost as a player said it. You know, like and been Mm -hmm. like, oh, what level are you casting it? Because reverse gravity is seven. So if it's like less than that, like then you would have to roll. Yeah, that's also really creative spell casting too. And that's kind of a shame to just take it away from your players for no reason. And it's not even even a roll off. It's just a roll to stop 
one of the spells. So it's like, do you guys know what level reverse gravity or the or gust of wind is? Uh, are, it's seven for so reverse DC, gravity. DC but... seventeen, and if it's a high level creature, they would have been able to pretty easily beat that i would bet yeah yeah so they probably would they definitely could have been able to pull off the counter spell but it does make it feel more fun it makes it feel if you're gonna take away a cool move like it's more fun to lose that cool move by the dm being like i'm gonna roll this one in front of the board yeah yeah this This seems like the benefit of having two dms which is like i don't know you have someone to like help you out and and check your work because murph is right like being a DM, you're juggling so much, and things do fall through the cracks like that. And it, it feels weird that the the combat DM would like double down on something like that when, you know, I can see why the story DM would like want that to be more open because it's more fun if they get to overcome that counter spell. Yeah, I think it's tough though because I I kind of don't know where I land on this right now because mm-hmm. I do think there is something kind of the worst idea about having two DMs is one sitting over the other one's shoulder, yeah. correcting yeah. Yeah. them totally, on individual totally. abilities. It's, it's the backseat driving of it. Yeah, because yeah, there, there is an aspect I, to it. I was going to say there, the same thing. There is a flow to a session, and there are times when rules just get a little iffy, and it's just like, hey, sorry, guys, just going to overrule this. It's just, and then the second, on. the second you call out the other DM in front of the other players, mm. then they won't trust that DM in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then yeah. suddenly, and then suddenly, like, you go from this cool thing of, like, oh, we're co-DMing to, like, maybe you just are the full-time DM yeah. now. <laughs> imagine, imagine every time that this, this person's telling a story, that DM is like, what's this guy's motivation, though? Yeah, Like, actually, why would that happen? Actually. That's actually a plot hole, I think, because this person... Can I talk to you outside the room real quick? Yeah. Yeah, this is actually a huge plot hole because of uh, this. So I think I think ultimately, like you did the right thing. It sounds like maybe you brought it up at the table. Um, so I think it's yeah. okay to casually bring it up, but more I so more so as a player. But I think that actually, ultimately, even though that move was a bummer, I think it's possible that that person was just overwhelmed by details and wasn't really thinking. And I think it's like for the sake of it, it's okay that like. A bummer happened. That's fine. Yeah, but you respected the domain of rule that the combat DM has, and that's right. important. You you maintained totally. the balance. There are two different lanes. You are doing your job. They're doing their job. Yeah. So, like, I think that pointing something out and being like, you have now, I've given this other DM the information, and what do they want to do with it? It's ultimately their call if they're combat DM. Can yeah. I just say I love the idea of having a combat DM to just throw to to be like I don't really want to like balance the challenge ratings here like you just handle this just like cut <laughs> it over to DJ Combat let's do this Yeah <laughs> DJ combat. It makes me think that like there's just like a combat specialist who you can just like hire, and he just like when and you're like okay, combat specialist is coming at five. We're gonna do a little RP at four, and then it basically like busts in like a stripper, sets up like a. I hear you've been a very bad adventurer. Yeah. This is swaying me a little bit because I feel like I would be a good combat DM. And mm-hmm. I think if someone was over my shoulder telling me the character stats, I'd be like, get, 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 get the fuck out of here. Bummer if you're too <laughs> yeah. good of a story DM, you know? Thank you. It would be a loss. I, either, saying, either one you didn't do, I'd I, be missing you. But I'm saying if I was combat DM and mm-hmm. story DM was over my shoulder being like, uh, actually, uh needs to roll a five or six to get the breath weapon back. 
and you're sitting there being yeah. like, ha um, they're already going to win this fight. We're just trying to make it a little tense. I'm not going to kill anyone with the fudging. We're just going to, we're just going to bring them to the edge so that we can have yeah. a good fight. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> does that, is that okay with you? <laughs> it really does feel like mom and dad driving on a road trip. Yeah. 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 What this person is learning though, is that maybe they're ready to be a solo DM. Oh, yeah. I love invested. that though. Like I, yeah, I think that's cool. You're, you're ready for combat. And your players Fly. are going to love that because that just means twice as many sessions. You, yeah. Your, your DMs are getting divorced, but that's okay. Oh, my God. You're going to get two sessions a week now. And then and, you guys you can play. To, yeah. Yeah. And there's a Nintendo at uh, Combat DM's house and a Sega at, at Story DM's house. Whoa. It's great. <laughs> nice. All right. So do we want to rule on this one? Yes. Yeah. Here's, here's the deal. I, I think that what the DM, what the other DM did was wrong i think that this sounds like a really cool player move why yeah. not do something fun like roll in front of the table but yeah. i also think that as a co-dm you're kind of part of the mafia and you're kind of a rat yeah so you can't go uh, against the family okay. you, you're okay. kind of going against the family here mm. uh so i i'm gonna rule i'm gonna rule in favor of the combat dm oh wow okay i think this person okay. this person was kind of just saying um do i need to should i have it? done more so i think they no. already weren't they didn't yeah, do that's that true. yeah no, yeah that's true. so i think, no, it's I think so you we, might we be ruling in favor with them yeah yeah, yeah. So then, who do we punish? Yeah, Fuck. We need who do we punish? Who the hell do we punish? Should we just punish this group of players we again? They already got punished once. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, the DMs have to get divorced. I think. I think that both. I think yeah. The DMs absolutely have to get divorced. You have to get divorced. And oh, this is divorce court now. This is divorce, oh. divorce court. court. Divorce court. Who gets Beth? Who gets? And who drives Beth to violin okay. camp? Yes, right. Beth has violin camp, equestrian <laughs> training. So here's. She's oh, get, this she's is, thinking of getting into ice hockey. We're, all the most we're, expensive. Just, yeah, damn, Beth. <laughs> We're she gonna... also wants to be. She wants to be playing the stand-up bass instead of violin. Oh, she's God, of that's so expensive. We're gonna have to haul that. Actually, around. no. She said also the harp. She's interested in the harp. Oh. First of all, you oh. have to buy a, a suburban. You have to buy a Chevy suburban for all of that. Horse gear. riding, Jesus. ice hockey, and harp. A nightmare child. Uh, so expensive. Ice hockey is truly so expensive. I remember I used to. Sk- I used to take like skating lessons when I was a kid. And um, once I got to like the hockey level or whatever, where you need to like kind of like try out for the team, my dad just like sat me down. And he was like, how bad do you want to play hockey? Because it's really expensive. And I was like, not that bad. He's like, okay, good. <laughs> we yeah, just like, I, this is just not one of the sports you play. I yeah, think a awesome. big part of parenting is like finding a way to make it seem like hockey doesn't exist. Yeah. Because <laughs> that pretty also, easy. They practice, yeah. Our hockey team it's practice like in the they, yeah, they practice, they practice in the morning at like five. Yeah. It's like, nuts because you why have that? to. Yeah, so Beth needs it, to get driven with all of her pads. She's the goalie, too. Yeah. So yeah. She oh, my God. <laughs> She's got goalie pads. Yeah. And you're bringing snacks this week. Yeah. You also have to bring your own horse to equestrian training. So you have to get a, a, a trailer hitch. And the horse also is going to want to learn how to ice skate. It is ice so polo. Combat. So, like, you're going to have to be doing that. Yeah, so combat DM is going to need to be, like, the hockey dad. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you're the, you're the horse parent. Yeah. And have to... Uh, do all the equestrian activities. Yeah, you're going to have to divvy up upright base on your own, though. That's your scheduling <laughs> dilemma. Yeah, okay. Perfect. All right, so ordered. Uh, our next case comes from Kevin W. Kevin writes, May it please the court, 
the magniloquent justices and the rad skateboard bailiff. Oh, uh, look at that spark you have in your heart, you rad skateboarding bailiff, you. <laughs> I would I would appreciate to be treated like an adult, but that's Can fine. you actually can you actually skateboard? Um no. You have to I, be really honest. If I'm being really honest, in uh-huh. sixth grade, I had a skateboard and I would go up and down my driveway and uh, just kind of try to ollie just so I could destroy my shoes enough so it looked like I skated. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, I had a skateboard. I Did just, I skateboard? No. The idea yeah. that that would work, the idea of like your peers like looking you up and down and their eyes finding like, your destroyed your shoes, shoes and Whoa, being sick. like, oh, cool. So you like those airwalks look a little too Whoa, nice. Shit. Your Volcoms are <laughs> yeah. so tattered, my man. Oh my God. Those America shoes, you skate. <laughs> <laughs> this guy definitely doesn't try hard. <laughs> this rad skateboard bailiff. Uh, all right. So Kevin writes, I feel I was robbed. For context, oh. our characters are fighting in a theater, but combat started with all of us scattered. I played a half Yuan Ti, half Tiefling Circle of Stars druid, and I was in the catwalk. I cast Conjure Animals to make four giant eagles appear. My plan was to have my eagles grab my arms and fly me down to the stage. My DM said no, because I, ha- I don't have mounted combat. I said I just wanted to use them to safely get down, and they would just be holding me. He said no. I think those eagles could have grabbed my arms in their talons and flew me down. What Absolutely say you? Absolutely, they could have. Mounted combatant doesn't mean you can ride it. Mounted combatant gives you advantage on attacks against animals or against creatures that are smaller than your. It's like mounted combatant yeah. is a feat that basically amplifies riding. He could have done an animal. He could have called for an animal handling. Yeah, they have plus three to strength too. They're no. They're no joke. Yeah. Yeah. And like this would have been their turn, right? This would have been their action would be like delivering you down. So like it, it's it works within the economy as well, I think. And it looks super cool. You you basically are like an angel with like 12 wings. That's rad. So would you guys agree that Kevin was robbed? I think you were robbed. You were robbed. Wow. Okay. So this is basically uh, an open and shut case, it would seem. Absolutely. Yeah. I think so. I mean, perhaps I'm missing something, but the phrase mounted combatant is a feat that like yes, gives so you weird. other things. Mm-hmm. Other people can ride animals. Other it people doesn't... can. It's like you could say like an animal handling check, but like, yeah, mounted combatant. Like you can like di- redirect attacks to your mount and stuff like that. It's like a totally different yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a totally different thing. This yeah, is this seems like overkill on the DM. This is a part. huge He was robbed! Also, it's not like they said I-, I could understand if it's like, oh, um, this is their big bad evil guy at the end of the campaign, and I wanted to use the Eagles to drop them off a cliff or something, and it's just like and yeah. he resisted it. It's like that's one thing. This person was trying to get down off a catwalk. That's insane. Yeah. That's yeah. so this easy. That's a, Featherfall. An- Improvised featherfall. Yeah. 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 At a much higher level spell. (laughs) What do we think about making this DM go to an opera only written and acted by birds? Oh, bird opera? Uh, okay. Oh my God. Wait, bird Paul, well, I really think you're onto something. Okay. Because okay. bird calls. As a punishment or as an actual opera idea? Um, this is, no, this is a separate this business, a business idea. idea. Yeah, yeah. Right. This is a separate business idea Strike because birds can really have such beautiful calls. And yeah. like, if you were to show them like hot birds or something, oh my God. they might hot be, birds? they might be okay. inspired <laughs> to do. <laughs> we well, yet to get a bunch of birds horny. <laughs> 
just saying like how do you get a bird to do its song if you showed it a hot bird they would be like i want to make it's amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. emily's right oh. what you're gonna have to do is before the curtains open you're gonna have to get all the birds hot and bothered right so we do like essentially oh. chippendales but for birds because the males are usually more colorful and like doing like yeah yeah, yeah. they're doing like peacock stuff yeah, they're like yeah, flashing their colorful uh-huh. wings yeah. so we get some one hot ass dude bird uh, on stage, and then we get a bunch of of horny ladybirds in the audience, um, and they're just going ape shit. And then there's just one random ass DM in the crowd that has to be Wait, around this. The birds are in the audience. What kind of opera is this? Yeah, it's, it's, an, opera bird, bird. it's, it's an, an opera for birds. It's an opera for birds. birds. Wait, Jake, <laughs> the birds are. It's Chippendales. It's Chippendales. <laughs> it's Chirpendales, Jake. What don't you get? It's Chirpendales. Jake, have you ever heard of a magpie? It's a bird that collects shiny objects. They have the Money for yeah, admission they bring to the shiny objects to Jake the theater. Crows know how to barter, my man. Don't you? What don't you get? Yes, this is so we fucked pick up. up all the shiny objects when the show is over. I was on board for this insane idea. You lost me when birds come to the opera. Okay, this is a way to get a revenue stream from the previously closed off economy of birds. Of birds? Yeah. No, we could tap. There's so much money we can tap into from humans. This is frankly untapped. Do you know how many? Do you know how many straw sleeves we're gonna get? Straw <laughs> sleeves. They're always yeah. fucking building nests with them. We yeah. are going to be rich. I feel like we're leaving a lot of cash on the table from humans. We're gonna start a straw sleeve business. All right, <laughs> humans. We're gonna get so much twine, dude. We're gonna be as rich a punishment. In balls of twine. This DM is going to need to start this business with Jake. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so we need this person to invest Horny in bird the bird theater. opera, yeah. a business that I only half believe in. Yeah, it's destined to fail. Yeah, so that that's part of their punishment is having a co-owner who fundamentally doesn't believe in the business. <laughs> it's going to be a rocky road. Owning a business with someone who's one foot out the door. <laughs> I'm aloof, to be sure. <laughs> Every single day, you have to wake up and sell me on this idea. Otherwise, I'm trying to check out. <laughs> Jake is the opposite of an angel investor. Devil investor, I guess. Uh, okay. So, All right. uh, so ordered. I don't know Cut why I just dry. got fucking punished yeah. also. This is great. <laughs> Our next case comes from Miles L. Miles writes... May it please the court and the most honorable bailiff. There it is. Oh. I am running okay. a relatively. <laughs> no, 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 you guys don't. You have a Points problem against them. when I'm. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. I should just be regular. No one yeah. say anything for or against me. I'm running a relatively new campaign in which my party was defending a magical temple from marauders. When the enemy leader entered the central chamber, my player, a gnome arcane trickster rogue, crit on an opposed athletics check to grapple one of his lackeys and put her sword to his throat. At this point, I told everyone to roll initiative, as this was clearly an act of aggression. But she claims that she just wanted to talk and that this should have been given her advantage on some kind of intimidation (laughs) role. What do you think? Was I in the wrong? Can one have meaningful okay. conversation I mean, while threatening someone i throw myself to your mercy advantage intimidation? On an, i can i could yeah. i can understand like being like i actually was using it to intimidate okay what was okay. at first well, i really yeah. was like H- no this on. person's insane what what but. level of person was being grabbed was it the main bad guy 
It sounds like it was a lackey. Oh my god! The, there's no self-respecting bad guy that's gonna be like, please don't kill one of my henchmen. Stop! I yeah. I guess I, if the I bad healed. guy is present, then they're just like whatever. Like, yeah, they're worthless to me. That just shows that that's an opportunity for the DM to be like, Haha, go ahead. <laughs> right. That is true. Um, I, you know what? I think it's also okay though. Like, I guess like in that moment. You could have been like, you can use this turn to attack them, or you can use it for an intimidation roll. Yeah. If the intimidation roll fails, grappling then... grappling people and yeah. like holding a sword to their throat—that is your surprise round. So you've done that. Now, I th- if the if the player yeah. wants to say, "I do an intimidation check," great. That person is scared and shits their pants. You got to roll mm-hmm. initiative anyway. I would right. argue. I would argue that you need to determine um, how popular this minion is. Like, if they're the coolest minion and all the other mm. minions respect them, then maybe the minions would mutiny to save this minion uh, a and minion rebel mutiny. against uh, the, the big bad, is what I'm getting no. here. So, like, Never. no, <laughs> you say no to this. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in Trinaville, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, like... That's how it is, huh? <laughs> I think... I, I suppose I'm, like, now thinking of, like, the nature of an intimidation check and if putting someone in a grapple would even necessarily go under that. Cause I think of how a lot of times DMS will use it as like, Oh, if you like destroy like that henchman's partner in front of them, there might be an intimidation check, but it's like more like them witnessing something or hearing something mm-hmm. rather than, I don't know if I've ever but had also- a DM be like, cause otherwise anytime that you did an attack, you could be like, can I do an intimidation check? Cause I just hurt them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. What if we just strip away everything here? Yeah. The big okay. bad, all okay. of that. Mm. Like in bird opera, you strip everything away to get the birds all rolled up mm-hmm. and get the bird birds horny. <laughs> yeah. Just hot nude birds. <laughs> Plucked Plucking, and ready. Plucked and ready to fuck. To the flesh. Plucked and ready to fuck. I want <laughs> so little to do with this opera. Ready to fuck. That's the name of the opera. <laughs> The tagline for sure. Why are we calling this an opera? This is a strip club. <laughs> opera sounds classier. The, that yeah, is you have a, to wear black tie. It's a Venn diagram. All right, I'm out now. Now I'm out. I'm down yeah, for a course. bird strip club. Everyone should be I'm out. out. It's only me and Kevin's DM. There should be no one involved. I'm pulling my money and I'm starting a bird strip club. I don't understand why strip club and opera need to be separate. There is a yeah. Venn diagram and Thank that's you. where Sexy this opera. exists. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right in that, right in that sexy hole, in between those two circles. Are, are you guys? Are you guys talking about burlesque? <laughs> nice. What do we think Good. about that? That was because I'm back in. I'm back in. <laughs> I'm doubling. I'm doubling. I'm back down. in. What were we talking? Jake, you were about to make a point before we talk oh, about yeah. horny birds strip, again. Strip this completely away from the the bad guy and everything. the The core of the question is: as soon as you grapple someone and hold a knife to your throat are you mm-hmm. rolling initiative yes. or can you say i'm trying to do an intimidation check but that's fine but that's I'm- fine it's it's initiative initiative is not combat it's what everybody does on their turn that's true you, that's it's not true. Ma- like you Beautiful. don't magically just get to do whatever you want to do that is one tip a I hush falls give- over the court yeah <laughs> i would give this tip to every yeah, dm that just grapple yeah. roll was- initiative all the time yeah i was i was gonna say the same thing that like sometimes the initiative comes initiative does not mean we're battling it means like this is a moment when everyone's making really quick decisions yeah. at good the advice, same yeah. time it, 
if all of us were sitting around, if if we were all mobsters and uh, we're all from like opposing yeah. families, and we've all got like uh, guns under the table, and it's like okay. the table gets you, you can't just say like I flip the table and shoot everybody. It's like no 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 no. We're all super suspicious of each other. We roll initiative, and maybe on my turn, uh-huh. I just look over at Jake and see if it looks like he's up to anything, and I mm. prep a reaction to do something. You don't necessarily yeah. need to beat the shit out of somebody on your turn, but you do get a turn if you yeah. go first. And I yes. think I think that this person, like, they got the grapple. I agree. They got the, and the, they're a rogue, so it's not like they have, like, two attacks. So, like, I think if they almost got this grapple in a surprise round, then I think it's kind of like they don't have two attacks, so it would make sense that they kind of use their surprise round. And it's kind, it is really up to the DM to decide yeah. if, like, if, like, hey, in this world, grappling someone, like, means that you get to intimidate them or does it mean that it just yeah i think and i i agree with what Mm -hmm. murph said of that like initiative doesn't isn't about being in in battle it's more like okay how do we quantify how everyone is making a decision at the same time yeah Yeah. yes so murph if you were running this and they Uh grappled them and that's their surprise round would you allow them like to also make the intimidation or would they have to wait until their turn i think i would allow them to make an intimidation but also i don't think it's out of realm of like as soon as people start grabbing each other roll initiative and now let's now let's figure this out i think it's also a little bit on the player's shoulder to like if you're like hey can i try to intimidate them by grappling them rather than being like i did this can i do this check it's kind of like better to be a little more like hey can i do this so that i can make that check you know drilling and drilling down even further on this question the player says she claims that she just wanted to talk and this should have given her advantage on some kind of intimidation role. So oh. it sounds like what she, what this player is asking for is I grapple this person. I want to roll an intimidation check with advantage. But I also, yeah, I, to that I think person maybe like, that yeah, that, I think dude? that's, yeah. but that's kind of like that person. That's someone making an assumption that isn't actually really based off of the rules in the game. Yeah, it's asking for advantage. Let's say this happens, right? Let's say, let's just say Star Wars, because this is easiest big bad. This is Darth Vader. Darth Vader walks in a room with a bunch of stormtroopers. You jump out of nowhere, (laughs) grab a stormtrooper, put a knife to their throat. Roll no, initiative. That's that's Dan. Yeah. Don't do anything to him. Now what happens? That yeah. stormtrooper, you can say on their turn, that stormtrooper may not act. That stormtrooper, maybe you get an intimidation check against them. But uh, you yeah, could even yeah. say that I, I think it, it it's a little bit hard assed, but I think it's reasonable to be like, they hear you fucking tackle this dude. There's a wrestling match. Like, that is your surprise round. You don't get to get out your threat before now everyone rolls initiative. Yeah. And you let's still also, might win. And they're also, a rogue. They uh, might go first. Let's also, like, let's also think of, like, what's actually more fun. If I'm in a party and we're like, okay, let's fucking get this henchman. We go out. We grapple them. Everyone roll initiative. <laughs> and then everyone's trying to convince. Everyone's got a, a specific turn to try to scare mm-hmm. this henchman into it. And that feels like more of a fun gameplay anyways yeah mm-hmm. than just being like can i just like get a can i just have advantage can i just have advantage please <laughs> anytime that you're asking a, your dm like can i do a blank check when it's not really obviously called for you have to do it with a shitty grin and know that they're probably going to say yeah no. <laughs> it's true that like and i'm guilty of this as well but like the better way to do it is just like to describe what you want to do and then like the dm will call for the check if they think it's 
worthwhile. Like, yeah. it's not out of the question to like ask for a check sometimes, but I do think it's like it's more fun and like more flavorful to like just say you're doing something to try and intimidate someone, and then like the DM will like give you the check if they like what you've done. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's like being like, oh, can I try and grapple them? Like, can I try and intimidate them by grappling them? Like, your DM would understand that you were. Uh, again, though, I don't know that grappling someone would necessarily. <laughs> Yeah. It seems like in, in both of these instances, the player is pretty firmly in the wrong, according to this mm-hmm. court, because yeah. they're asking, they're saying, one, we shouldn't be an initiative because I was just trying to do intimidation and I was yeah. just trying to get advantage. Yeah, and I think initiation is I, I think fun. initiative. I think it's fun. People should be rolling initiative fucking all the time. It prevents things like what happened. You'll hear me throughout NADPOD. I made this mistake early on where I would have people giving like speeches and then it would just be like, I shoot him. And then it would just be like, oh, they killed him while he was talking. That was stupid. Why the fuck was he talking? Um, I do love a, I do love a bad guy's speech, though, as an opportunity to be like, uh, I quickly do my action thing that busts Yeah, me. but I <laughs> yeah. think that that's... But then as soon as somebody says that, you say roll initiative. I know. And then right. the, the bad guy gives their speech on their turn as they do their action. Yeah. And yeah. that, that mm. keeps everybody mm. honest. And that's like, look... A bad guy might be giving a speech, but as soon as they see you go for your gun, yeah. they do their fucking spell. Everyone's just trying to get a sneaky little turn in before initiative starts. Because on, on initiative, I have something else I want to do. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, I don't want to spend my initiative get out of here. casting get out of here mirror with image. These sneaky I want to, while they give initiative. their little speech, be like, cool, I cast mirror image. Yeah, no. Initiative, initiative, <laughs> initiative. All the time initiative. Doesn't have to say... just be combat. The court moves ever south. <laughs> <laughs> I do just want to say that I love the idea that Darth Vader has a favorite henchman and they're like sweating under their mask when Dan gets pulled aside. Oh, shit. shit. Fuck, they got Dan. No. 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 I don't care, but let him go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I want to do an inside check on Darth Vader to see if they're lying. Um, See that's a, that makes sense to call feet. for though, quite frankly. <laughs> yeah, and, like it, it makes sense to call for an insight check. It feels a little audacious to be like, "Can I just like have a performance yeah. check with advantage?" Yeah. <laughs> to, to me, like yeah. any anytime, anytime DM calls for initiative, that's just like, "Hey, this is getting messy." People are wrestling. Let's slow down and figure this out. It's also fun. It's also fun. It's also fun. You've already gotten the surprise grapple in. You're good. That's your surprise round. Yeah. Um, everything yeah. else is up to DM discretion and uh yeah i I just think that let it play out after initiative happened if the player was like and then they just had the stormtrooper just like break away and run away and no one gave a shit nothing happened and i wasted my whole turn then yeah that's bullshit but like let it play out let initiative play out yeah Mm -hmm. it'll be more fun that way so how do we punish this player okay well they have to go to bird theater yeah definitely birdlesque Wait, it's bird a, back a, to burlesque. Is oh, it punishment to have to go? <laughs> yes, How is that so a viable are, business? How is that a viable for business? Birds, not for bring humans. The shiny objects, Jake. Yeah. Jake, it would be a punishment so for a human glass. to go for content created for birds. Yeah, I feel like we yeah. we want humans that own birds going at the very least. <laughs> Here's what we do. Yeah, birds. we have a bar attached. We have a bar for we go humans. Near, you expect the birds to arrive on their own? We go near vending machines, okay? Yeah. Okay? This is what we do. We go near, uh, we, we build the theater near a vending machine. We mm-hmm. hire what? vandals. We can just add a vending machine after the fact? To break <laughs> the vending machine so that change is all over Love the place. 
love it. But oh. so that the change cannot be and maybe we're near cannot the, be traced back to us. And we we're do not the, steal it. We're near we the let coast. the birds grab them. We're near the coast too, this, so we can get some sea glass yes. too from the birds. So we <laughs> we like own the lease on a fucking on a ball, like yeah. a huge theater. <laughs> right. And we're trying to pay for it with sea glass and change from a vending machine. Correct. <laughs> do you know what the overhead is at bird <laughs> fucking That's for you well, as a DM okay, to figure but, out. Wait, 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 Jake. I'm actually gonna change your mind because think of how many birds can sit in one human seat. That's actually not. Oh, we can pack birds. We can pack this thing not to mention way past they fly, fire code. So you essentially have ho- like homemade balconies. Kind yeah, of. I can get around the fire code with. Yeah, this and shit I also like think that. that if the show is sexy enough, that a lot of like ravens and other corvids, we can train them to bring a hundred dollar bills that they've stolen from people. Mm. Whoa, I did not even know they did that. I you actually, can do that. You can I don't train know if I really want to deal with like bills. <laughs> Yeah, oh, this is kind of a lot. We need cash. <laughs> Jake, again, this is for you and the DM to figure out. Yeah. This is not okay. really my problem right now. Huh? Yeah, this is big picture stuff. I'm just a burlesque fan. I'm not an investor. How many comps do we want to set aside for humans at burlesque? Let's not give us too many comps because we do want to we want to earn on every well, ticket. Well, my family I would like my family to see what I'm working on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like if the family should support us and pay for seats, because otherwise, like I said, the the rent is high. Maybe we should open it up to some human pervs that want to see sexy birds. <laughs> I'm all point. for that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we're gonna cater we'll, to a we'll particular audience. We'll have like um, opera seats for the bird pervs. Bird pervs yeah. are welcome because I need more cash flow in this business. Mm-hmm. It can't all come from a broken vending machine. They also need to pay in sea glass and shiny we're... objects. No. <laughs> Can they use cards? Can I please have a square? If it's shiny, if it's shiny it needs to be a really shiny card. Yeah, okay. if it's like a like a Mastercard black that's kind of got that shiny sheen yeah. to it, maybe yeah. I think that'd okay. be fine. Yeah, the MX Platinum should definitely definitely play. That'll work. That'll okay. do. They do need to deposit it from their mouth into my hand. Yeah, yeah. We want the card, we the not the money on now. the card. Great. So ordered. Hey everybody, it's Emily here to talk to you about Mint Mobile. It's spring cleaning. We're getting rid of the things that don't serve us anymore, and you know what doesn't serve anyone? Expensive phone bills. If you'd like to declutter your finances, it's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. You can use your own phone and bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. That's mintmobile.com slash pawpaw. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash P-A-W-P-A-W. $45 upfront payment minimum required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speeds slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Goodbye, sweeties. Hey there, Nadpoles. This episode is brought to you by Aura Frames. Are you looking for the perfect gift to celebrate the moms in your life? Well, look no further. Aura Frames are the beautiful Wi-Fi connected digital picture frames that allow you to share and display unlimited photos. It's super easy to upload and share photos via the Aura app. And if you're giving an Aura as a gift, you can even personalize the frame with preloaded photos and memories. My mom, my mother-in-law, and my grandmother-in-law 
all have auras from me and they love them. So from grandmothers to new mothers, aunts, and even the friends in your life, every mom loves an aura frame named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter and selected as one of Oprah's favorite things. Trademark, brother. Aura frames are guaranteed to bring joy to moms of all ages. They're easy to set up. They are the perfect gift and they've got unlimited storage, unlimited photos and videos. You can invite as many people as you want to a frame. There are absolutely no hidden fees or subscriptions. How beautiful is that? And right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That is Aura, A-U-R-A, frames.com. Use the code PAWPAW at checkout to save terms and conditions apply. Thank you, everybody. Uh, next case. <laughs> the next case comes from Kevin A. <laughs> Kevin writes, may it please the court and the animal loving bailiff. Actually, I'm, I've been lobbying against bird last <laughs> yeah. show. He just doesn't get it. You're a, a bur- birditan, puritan. Okay, forgive me. Wow. I forgive myself. <laughs> you, you, you do sit on the court so you can forgive yourself. I do. Uh, I present the case of the attempted shrunk mage tower. Okay. I was DMing a session when my PCs came to a wizard's tower. The sorcerer said they wanted to cast reduce on the tower. I told them to do an arcana check and they rolled well enough for me to tell them that the tower was very magical and this would most likely not affect it. She still cast it anyway. And I said that I would roll a save and if it was a one, I would allow it. I oh, rolled no. a 15. So it did not take effect. There you go. But okay. the conversation started about how, like if this could work since no. the spell doesn't specify object size for reduce. So I ask you, should I have even had to roll for this? Can you reduce a building with this spell? I mean, come so on. So I think you it could... says like a, a a creature or an object you can see within range. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like... A building's not an object. If that's the language of the spell. Can you imagine just being like, okay, bad guy's castle. Um, I'd like to cast a second level spell, uh, make it tiny, and then I would like to step on the building. It's like, come on. Or the building mm-hmm. itself will crush the bad guy yeah, as it shrinks exactly. around them. Yeah, yeah. I, no. think, I think a building is not an object. Building right? is not an object. Like there's, it does kind of bring up the like, what is the definition of an object? And perhaps D has a very specific what a definition of an object is, because like you could say, well, an object can't be a composite of many parts. In which case, you could say, well, mm. but then couldn't anything be an object? Isn't a chair like a seat with yeah. legs and stuff like a that? A stick of gum is an object in that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think, I, I think that, but I think that like a fucking building isn't. Yeah, an you object. were, you were plenty kind to be like, hey, first off. To give the warning, to be like, hey, guys, just so you know, this isn't going to work. And then they yeah. do it anyway. Red flag. You could have had it fizzled and just be like, cool, go ahead and mark that off your character sheet. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that that didn't do anything. Um, but if they do do it and you're like, cool, I'll roll in front of the table. Tell you what, if it's a nat one, you skip the whole thing. Great. Um, we don't get to have an adventure today. Isn't that fun? <laughs> No, I think yeah. I think there's a fun there's a fun way to do that too, which is that like you reduce the tower, but like since it shrinks so much, it doesn't actually hurt the wizard as it shrinks. It just like the top of the tower crumbles around a very angry wizard whose tower you've ruined and now they're going to kick your ass. Yeah. Like there's ways to do that too. Yeah, it's true. Like, you can still have that fight. I think you're opening a bag of worms by being yeah. like you can you you can level cities with this level it's like two a spell. Second, yeah, 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 it's like a second level spell. So it is like. Does it say how much objects reduce when you cast that spell? It says that it reduces them by half. One eighth. Oh, is it just half? Oh, it says the target size 
is halved in all dimensions and its weight is reduced to one eighth of the normal. This reduction decreases its size by one category from medium to small, for example. Okay. So it Um, wouldn't even change it that much. I just think a building isn't an eye. I think that's the... Yeah. Yeah. It's also kind of just to turn a house into a tiny house. You're like, that's still kind of fine. You know what I realized is you do have to be kind of particular with the definition of object, right? Because everyone has an object interaction on their turn. Yeah. So suddenly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like an object is like one of the stones that the tower is made of. The, yeah. An like object, a door. An, is object, an object, object is. Yeah. A door is an object. You can't be yeah. like the the whole tower. Like that's a collection of objects. There's I so many things I think if your there. players mad at you, like they were being like a little... If I had an idea even half that overpowered, I would be preparing myself that my you are, DM would say no so and I would say, haha, you, ha- like, you have to try, right? Yeah, by, <laughs> yeah. Try. by nat yeah. one, uh, if I get a nat one, the second level spell becomes the most powerful ninth level spell that's ever existed. Yeah, <laughs> I think that was, that was like a crazy, it's anything, if anything, it's good you didn't because then yeah. if, they're going to nonstop try to reduce everything all the time yeah. and then that's the entire campaign. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the problem like, with players. Players are always just wanting to, they always just want to skip challenges instead of like exploring them. It's just like I would like to, I would like to get out of playing today, please. Although Why? from my experience with a wizard's tower that uh, Murph made for us, <laughs> I would have liked to reduce that. Yeah. <laughs> but think about all the fun memories we have of you guys yeah. shooting out the windows. We would have just yeah, skipped no, all of it that. It was really funny. <laughs> I love going to Six Flags and just reducing it all so that I can look at the Six Flags six in my flag pocket. Is six Flags exactly an object? Like. That's a great comparison, Caldwell. It's like, I, actually, can we not ride any of the roller coasters? I want to put this in a snow globe yeah. so I can enjoy it. I want to own the roller coasters. That does make me want to think, though, like, what is the upper limit? And in my personal perspective right now, this is not actually diagnostic, but I'm like, what is the upper limit? Like, the biggest object I would say something like a ballista or something. Yeah, I was almost thinking a catapult, right? Yeah, I would. catapult almost feels like that's a huge object, but you feel like you're like, okay, that could be a reduce. Yeah, I feel like even once you get to, like, a ship or something, you're like, no, 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 this is full of objects. Like, a vehicle, I think, is not an object. Oh, Uh, A bugle? Vehicle, a vehicle, a vehicle tr- transports objects. Yeah, mm-hmm. what's well, like yeah. a single bugle you could reduce, but a bag of bugles, no. Right. A bike, <laughs> you would all, you would say, would be an object, right? I think. So. I think it's a size thing. I think. I don't know if it says it on. Or like a wheelbarrow, I would say it was like you could. Does it say you it could on enlarge a wheelbarrow? Reduce it. It doesn't have a size thing. Yeah. Um, I just <laughs> how do, how would it work like around a hen house? A hen house, I think you could reduce. That's another good name for the opera, actually. But that is a building, right? Like mm-hmm. especially to a hen, it's totally a building. <laughs> That's that to a hen. That that building is everything. Speaking that's of a hens, um, they should come to the burlesque. Yeah. For yes. Sure. Oh, hens are definitely invited. The player for their hubris, I think, <laughs> has to invest in Jake and this DM's um, burlesque yeah, venture. Yeah, I think so. I uh, think that real they, cash. I think that what they need to do is they need to come along every single day, spend all their spell slots enlarging the hot birds of our burlesque. Oh yeah. So that oh. like they're even like bigger like. Bodier, more bird to love. They need to enlarge the seats around the theater because I need oh, more asses in seats. Yeah. You have to have that cash flow. Or you maybe they should birds. be reducing the seats around the theater so that they're bird sized. Oh, so we can oh. add more. Yeah. Wait, Emily, seats, think about add more. Think about giant sea glass. 
Whoa! Okay, yeah, they're also enlarging the magpie trinkets that we use as currency. (laughs) Right there when we call them trinkets, I feel like that really signals how... We we are being bled dry. They, get, they also might need to enlarge the vault in which we keep all of our fucking Yeah, because we're going to be raking it in. Yeah, yeah, earnings. There we go. Jewels. We need like high value items. Okay. Well, I'm all in on this. So glad that- um, You have no choice. Yeah. Great. Yeah. You signed the contract. I love how we started with this bit about Beth and all of her things and we just- Fully hard pivoted bird, to Birdlask. Bird <laughs> hard pivot to Birdlask. <laughs> Beth is like, you know what? You know, she's old enough now. I think she's ready for Birdlask. Yeah, Birdlask <laughs> would be one of her after school activities. But I don't know if we want. Beth hasn't been able to stick to anything. She gave up horseback riding. Yeah. Gave up violin. Maybe she'll be inspired by the birds, you know, flopping around up there. All right. yeah, but I really but... need team players on this, uh, <laughs> in the sea level suite that I have here. <laughs> So ordered. Uh, All right. Next case comes from KP. K writes, may it please the court plus the respected and beloved bailiff. I don't know. Wow. Okay. Okay. Blame it on a little bit. A little Uh, thick. Yeah. I thought so too. Yeah. We prefer Uh, neutrality. (laughs) My DM is drinking hard from the Murph soda and wants a PC with the party. Okay. Wait. Can I just pause you for a second? Hang on. Yeah. We have a moment. Thought I thought you were just gonna say that the DM was too drunk. (laughs) 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 My My DM is is drinking hard every (laughs) session, and it's really getting in the way. And as we all know, also Murph soda is just bourbon. (laughs) 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 Every time Murph takes a a sip of bourbon, he does go "Mm, Murph soda. soda." (laughs) God, I wish I do wish there was a case like that. like hey my dm is actually really trash i guess yeah i guess i mean it definitely happens yeah oh for sure yeah the best session i would honestly if we weren't recording i would get trashed while we played yeah like on some of those late nights when we're all together like if we weren't recording i would just be mainlining whiskey into my veins yeah Travis made us martinis one time while we played yeah oh dangerous Mm -hmm. hell yeah that's yeah. the really easiest glass nice. to spill. Let's play a couple <laughs> sessions that aren't recorded just so I can get turned. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Anyway, Kay's DM is drinking from the Murph Soda Classic, non-alcoholic, okay. uh, and wants a PC with the party, her very own Balnor. Unfortunately, her PC is a broken homebrew pixie oh, named no. Miss Rainbow Butter, a name we must mm. repeat fully or she will not respond as her PC. <laughs> Dumb name aside, our issue as a party is her PC is designed essentially to bypass, overcome, or trivialize any event she throws at the party. The party as a whole is losing enthusiasm. She claims she does not want to stop being DM, but refuses to let Miss Rainbow Butter die for the sake of the party. <laughs> Lastly, this is wild. <laughs> I have to be really honest. You, this is wild. The wild part. <laughs> you're about to hear the wild part. No. Oh no! Oh, how does wait? How do I like, get compared to this? Secondhand. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna tell you exactly why Murph is not this. Yeah, this yeah, is a course. very different soda yeah, than Murph this is, is drinking. This is like from. comparing two people who drive to somebody who runs people over on purpose and someone who drove to the grocery store. I, Murph drove to the store. Yeah, I drove to the store. This person. Okay, is okay, a wait. Get to the worst part continue. because I'm enjoying continue, how continue. uncomfortable Jesus. this is making me. 
Lastly, she feels as DM all snacks and treats brought to the campaign, her house, are hers by right and will take all the brownies or cupcakes, allowing everyone to have one. But she will what? eat slash take the rest, even Excuse hiding them from me? everyone, no. including is the people this, that made said is treats. This real? Why are you Should we mutiny against <laughs> her yes. PC and desert tyranny? Okay, I really Big think time. this person is maybe something's not working in their life and they are on a weird power <laughs> you trip. You need to desert well, I, the for desert. main thing I'm going to say that's really different about why this is not Murph Soda is that like Murph does what good DMs do is like you wait to find out who the DM PC is they attach yeah. to someone and then you retroactively <laughs> give them stats and you mm. make them a little bit weaker than the party yeah. <laughs> can you imagine if Murph was like Balnor is awesome hey guys Balnor rules actually hey uh, Balnor actually has more attacks than you guys yeah. insane this no that's just someone attacks. who wants to be a PC yeah but he hides the snacks Murph True. hides all of the snacks yeah, from yeah. Right over. <laughs> take your desserts and desert this place I, I think this sounds like a really sounds, weird energy this sounds like a, a bad time I will I will say to defend myself because I hate that I got grouped into this I first off Balnor I, I, but I think yeah. I'm I don't I don't no, no, no. I do need to all. defend myself yeah, yeah, I choose yeah. to um <laughs> I'm choosing I was to, called out. I you know was called I need out to go on the attack. court. I need to yeah. go on the attack. Yeah, go on the attack. <laughs> Balnor was drawn, was drawn from the deck of many things. You get a fighter that follows you around. So yeah. that was my first We all first planned thing. on him dying quickly. Everyone. Yes, and he almost, he almost died. I, I, almost, yeah. I almost threw him out. He's weaker than the party. And if you notice, I, I use him to be like, you know, if it would normally be something where it's like, hey, Roll an insight check or something. Instead, maybe I'll have Balnor be like, um, maybe this is the direction. Like, kind of gently nudging people in one way or the other. Balnor never figured out the puzzles. Balnor, I think the only <laughs> time he got the last blow was on the dude that killed his family. And that was like, like we were all like rooting. Awesome. Like, yeah. we were all yeah. rooting for that. And that's also like... I mean, that's just so earned. I really think that no DM should ever introduce a, an NPC that they're like... This is my DM PC. Let, no, your, let your, it happen. If your players <laughs> decide to <laughs> adopt one of your NPCs, and then you, you can do that. it's also different. I think like people tend to swing one way or the other, but I think there's a nice way to do it, which is like if your if your NPCs don't do anything when bad things are happening, then it'll make your players be like, "Why the fuck do we do everything in this town?" Like it's definitely okay if something bad happens in the city to have the city watch help out or to have like random people like helping in battle. That's fine, but they should be weaker than the party. They shouldn't outshine the party. And if you do end up having like a surrogate you know, like a, a guide or somebody join the party. It should mm -hmm. be because the party is asking for that. It should be like an old Cobb situation where it's like, yeah. you guys literally were like, you got to come with us. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, sure. It's mm -hmm. all, yeah. yeah. I, that, that's how I really feel. But this is, but <laughs> onto, onto this person, this is an insane situation. This is like, this is beyond though. This is like really, really beyond. And the snack thing, like, the snack it's thing like really fucking kills me. Really that's confusing so because, brutal. Usually, sometimes I'm like, kind of like, oh, we should be great, but this person is maybe on a weird power trip. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is like, and also like an NPC that will only respond to you if you call them by a certain name. It's Rainbow just butter, really, yeah. really wild to have around for more than like one session. <laughs> <laughs> That overstates its welcome very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> this this seems to me like just from obviously a very distant observer, all we know is this yes. crazy case that we got. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. It sounds a little bit though like 
that this DM might not know the scope of like like how maybe discouraging this is to players because it does because yeah, totally. it sounds like a lot of the stuff is maybe done as a joke, but oh, it's cool. going okay, to could be, totally. it, but it they enforce it though, so it is real. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. I seriously mm-hmm. doubt when people are showing up with snacks that they're like being mm. really serious about it. I but think they, it, I, I thought it was a joke, but it was like, but then they'll only let them have one. I know that's, I wonder Which, though, if it's a situation of like, they're yeah. doing it as a half joke, half serious, and just no one's pressing them on it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to like read how this could. I think yeah. we're saying like, we don't totally know what's going on with this person, yeah, but this know. is not a normal situation. Yeah, this isn't normal. Right. What's happening is not good. Yeah. yeah. Murph always lets us have, Two of our desserts. Yeah, you guys are allowed to have each yeah. one chip. And he only throws out a quarter of it in front of us yeah. to show us that we're bad babies. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like the host is allowed to have first dibs on the leftovers. You know, if, I, if you bring a plate of brownies and there's half of them left, it's like, oh, does the host want them? Or do you not want the responsibility of like keeping the dish? You know, I really think that's your call. Yeah, it's like really like manners, right? It's like it, you should offer to leave the food. Like like if you brought over like a pie and, and people eat half of it, like the person who hosted, you're like, oh, do you want to keep this? Yeah, yeah. I know? think that would be normal. But it would be weirder for the host to be like, oh, make sure you leave yeah, that. Yeah, leave it. Make sure <laughs> leave you leave your leftovers. Because like, you brought it for me, yeah. right? To host yeah. you. Ooh, and I'll was- also keep the dish. <laughs> if you tug on the label of this drink... You will see that Murph juice peels off very easily, <laughs> and underneath is bad DM juice. Yeah, I would say this might be a little bit of a self fulfilling thing where I think like DMs put a lot of work into stuff, and we get a lot of cases where a DM will be like, "Hey, uh, it was there was that one case where it was like it was my birthday, and everyone freaked out at me because <laughs> I interpreted the rule this way, they interpreted it that way. We got into a big fight, and he left and didn't pay for the pizza. There's there's a lot of DMs I think that are people don't acknowledge the fact that they're putting in way more work. Um, yeah. So this might be a situation where the DM is kind of looking for a little bit of that special treatment, but instead of allowing mm. their players to just be like good friends and acknowledge that, they're trying to force it. And thus now the players don't want to show that they're thankful because mm. frankly, they're not thankful. They're having a bad time. So it's right. this, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy of players are mad. So they don't want to like do nice things for the DM. DM forces nice things. Now they don't want to do nice things. DM forces nice. And it just keeps going in a circle and it's yeah. gotta be organic. It's a bad loop to be caught up in. Yeah. You have to break the cycle. How do you break the cycle? Maybe with a punishment. <laughs> I think you break the cycle by having uh, this DM bring brownies for all the birds at Birdlesque. Yeah. Oh, the they birds will, are going to love sick. that. They will get sick. They will absolutely we get sick. We do need a concession. <laughs> no, We're, we need a concession stamp because they're going to work up appetites with how horny they get. Oh, that's and true. that'll be that's actual. That'll be cash. That'll be where yeah, we make our cash. That's yeah. cash. That's, that's cash, cash only. That's yeah. cash. <laughs> I'm just like we picturing it out. all these bird wings just like rifling through their feathers for their wallets. <laughs> yeah. I'm so horny. I need need popcorn uh but yeah I, I would i would definitely i would encourage this player to it sounds like yeah i don't you, even know how to have this conversation though to, to be DM. like 
Yeah, I wonder because mm-hmm. maybe this person who is DMing. Whenever we get a story about like a DM with like a <laughs> DM PC mad. that's like yeah. super powerful, I'm always like, maybe they just want to be a PC. Yeah, <laughs> because like huh? if they're just really into making a broken character, then like that's actually not what DMing is about. Right. Yeah, <laughs> and it could still be at this person. This person has too much power. They're DMing, and it's at their house. They're keeping the snacks. They're yeah. inserting their own characters if you make them a pc someone else dms yeah this person still gets to eat the snacks and they can right. they can make their broken character and have fun with that and like it maybe that maybe that's missing for them and so they're they're putting too much effort in that and so they can itch that scratch and scratch until then they'll be itch. operating the concession stands at burlesque <laughs> yeah. that is your bro- your broken character has to now just be reduced to just operating the concession stand yeah. at yeah. Burlesque. <laughs> Birdlesque right. theater. Miss Rainbow Butter is going to be slinging seed at Birdlesque. And I gotta say, when you run the concession, when you run the concession stand at Birdlesque, no one's calling you by your name. Okay, oh, they're no. calling you sweetie. Oh, oh my no. god! Oh no, we're gonna get shut no, down. These birds need to be respectful. I've been at the helm of this business for two hours, and I'm already getting canceled. I'm pulling out. I'm I'm out. Great, you're leaving I'm me. Back out. You're hanging me out to dry, man. I'm pulling my money out you need to get your audience under control more seed this way hon we've stopped being the judges of uh of the supreme crit and now we're just the judges on shark tank investing or not investing in burlesque insane uh let's do uh one more case okay one more one more one final case comes from mateo c mateo writes oh mateo May it please the court and her royal critness, Emily Axford. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Thank you. Us? Already. I rule in favor of Mateo C. Next no. question. What are you doing, Bailiff? <laughs> Bow. <laughs> Bow. Uh, what? <laughs> My players were looking for sponsors to enter an amazing race-style race around the world, and after many fails, eventually scored a sponsorship with Victoria's Secret, and were given branded <laughs> yoga pants to wear. This sounds really fun already, this setup. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you guys are having a yeah. really fun campaign. <laughs> AKA skinned light armor. I decided oh! that these pants I decided that these pants would give the party advantage on ass-based charisma checks, but our druid Addy <laughs> said they should just have advantage on all charisma checks because knowing your butt looks good is a confidence boost that creates oh. the rest of your personality. Okay. That's, a good, Ooh, that's a good sell. That is a really good sell. Your honors, was I wrong to limit the advantage to merely ass-based charisma checks or should the Victoria's <laughs> Secret yoga pants allow them okay. advantage oh, on all I'm, I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now that this is actually the hardest one we've had today because I actually see both sides like mm. so well of the cheeks. I see Perfect both clarity, cheeks yeah. right now so well because on one cheek, it's like, okay, well, having that limitation means that you really have to get creative with how you use your, how you make sure that your charisma checks are ass-based. But then the other cheek is like, that actually is a really good point. It's just like having that beautiful butt boost your confidence overall you know what you could have done you could have been like okay that's a really good point you get a d4 to all charisma checks oh yeah you know like essentially like a bless on all your charisma checks but just advantage on ass based ones What's the, what's the rules as written on ass-based charisma yeah. checks? I think that what is an where, ass-based? I'm one. going to surprisingly. I think I it's think, like bending. It's like think of like yeah. an '80s movie, like bending over, being like, "Excuse me, let me pick this up." Yeah, 
oops, I dropped this uh, piece of sea glass. Yeah. So could get up. Oops, yeah. I dropped my sword. Maybe you don't want to be attacking us. Yeah, I see. Here's, in which here's case, that we would probably have disadvantage on that because you would be in a fight, but right. you would, that, the advantage would negate case, that. But in this case, yeah. It'd be a great thing Got to it. do during a fight. <laughs> um, I'm actually... Basically I'm, making yourself I, prone. I think I'm going to rule with the player because I, I think that if you're going to go this far, you have to just keep going. You know what I yeah. mean? If sure, you're like, sure. yeah. hey, you're in um, Victoria's Secret yoga pants and you have uh, uh, advantage on ass-based charisma checks <laughs> mm-hmm. if your player says but now i feel really great about my ass like wouldn't that shine through yeah. all of me right i think you I have think to shine through us a d4 i think it would yeah. shine through us a d4 not advantage maybe i think i'm with murph though because there's precedent for this in uh bohemia i guess because like at one point hard one got a cool hat and it boosted his charisma checks i think I yeah think so yeah, yeah it wasn't just hat based mm-hmm. checks it wasn't just mm-hmm. when you tip your hat Totally. No, it was because that's all, all just all that's all just that, flavor, yeah. right? You could also call this ass vantage, which I feel like <laughs> yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Yeah. I think I'm down with either, but I think that mm-hmm. you could have easily been like, I like that, but having a confidence boost is different than rolling with advantage. Yeah, yeah. but I think so. I think I'm also like that's though, like a like their argument is good, but it's a confidence boost. I, I think though, not. charisma that's checks true. aren't going to get you that far a lot of the times, especially when you're talking about just doing like an amazing race type run. And yeah. I think also to use, you know, a term uh, from our burdlesque, you uh. don't want to, you don't want to pigeonhole your players into Ooh. having to use their Pigeonhole is a, is a number for sure. Pigeonhole in the context <laughs> you know of burdlesque I mean? is incredibly yeah, it's it, evocative. Yeah, it's if you want to see pigeonhole, go to this, go to the bird strip club. <laughs> that doesn't happen at burdlesque. <laughs> but you, you want to, I think you want to give your players an ass out. You know what I mean? Like, so that they don't have to, like, maybe your players are like, if someone this were is shy, funny, but I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to be. If someone were shy, for, for sure, NPC. absolutely read the room. And if yeah. someone were feeling shy about that, but if they felt, if it seemed like your players were like down to like really try to figure out how, then I think that's okay. Yeah, I also yeah. think I, I think that's a fair argument to be like, if we're gonna say that my butt looks amazing in these, then that makes me feel good. And thus, yeah, totally. I am. I am. Com- it's better. all about confidence. Yeah. It's all about yeah. confidence. I th- essentially, what you've just done is you've been like Ruby Tuesdays exists in this world, but you actually can't order bottomless fries here. Like I'm, so- mm. you know what I mean? Like you, you're already I so silly. I do not understand. You're that already so silly at all. <laughs> what do you mean? I'm, I'm saying you can't. I'm, I'm saying you're, ma- you're making rules on top of a house of cards right now. Like you're building <laughs> on top of. Not, like this I, is already so silly. I honestly don't really feel strongly. I just, I th- like I said, I just think it's funny either way. And yeah, I think yeah. you could have done D4 just as a confidence boost. You could do a D4 or if I can provide one other option, okay, um, you get it. expertise on persuasion. <laughs> nice. Oh, okay. that's fun too. I like that. Yeah, yeah that's true. You could, you could just you could pick just, a skill yeah. instead of being like all charisma checks. It's like performance or like whatever, yeah. or whatever. And then people, mm. people can choose how it works for them. So they could be like, uh, it helps me with performance because yeah. uh, I do a dance, or it helps think, me with performance I think, because I feel good. And now I I have a more convincing thing. All of this is ruling in the player's favor because it's yeah. all it all extends past the ass. The confidence goes beyond. Yeah. So we do actually, unfortunately, have to condemn. Uh, Mateo. Mateo condemn C. the DM. I yeah. condemn the DM. I'm so sorry, Mateo C. Especially because you said you were going to rule with him when he we first started this. Yeah, I that's know. true. 
you know, things change. Uh, <laughs> we weren't on board with burlesque and now we're full investors. Yeah, but we also like, do love the sound of your world. It sounds great. Yeah. yeah Having yeah, your definitely. players need to get sponsors and then it ends up being Victoria's Secret and it's like light armor. <laughs> it's really, really fun. Maybe Mateo has to provide spandex for all the birds. Oh, oh. custom bird spandex. That's going to be yeah, a lot of yeah, work. Yeah, you need to be the bird costumer. They have tiny Ooh. little legs, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, I dare you to make a fucking bird's ass look good. Yeah, that is your goal now. <laughs> oh, my God. Mateo loves the challenge. <laughs> Your goal is to make bird asses beautiful. Well, my college boyfriend draws birds with really, really good asses. Um, I think his, his name is Tommy Siegel on Instagram. So go check those out because they're actually really, really funny. I think he just did a calendar of all these birds with asses. That's very funny. Wait, is it like a, a fleshy human ass or is it just yeah. like a cleft? Yeah. Okay. He just like has a whole bit where he pretends to be really into bird watching um, and then is like trying to get better at drawing anatomical birds. <laughs> but they always just have like human asses. That's a really so good So everyone Shout just out. go check it out and laugh at it. <laughs> oh, good plug. <laughs> uh, sweet, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and wrap this one up. Thank you all so much for listening. You can head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash nadpod. That's N-A-D-D-P-O-D. Don't sing yet. To listen to our uh, bonus cases. We're going to be doing more over there. So check that out. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to plug? I'd love to plug our live shows. Oh, Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I believe we have very, very few tickets left in Seattle and Minneapolis. Chicago, Boston, sold out. San Francisco, Mm. sold out. Um, So, sorry. Come through in Minneapolis and Seattle. I'm so excited. A lot of birds are trying to claim those seats. Oh, yeah. yeah. Our live shows are going to be birdlesque now. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately. (laughs) So, uh, we're committing. Good. So bring your sea glass. <laughs> um, uh, and we should also plug that next week we have uh, Trinivale. Correct. Oh, yes. Oh, that's yes. True. Yeah. Sorry, we're recording this stuff ahead of time. But yes, mm-hmm. next week is uh, uh, Trinivale two-parter. Uh, so two weeks in a Very row. Very exciting. Uh, so we'll be back with them. Yeah. These episodes are certainly for They're the birds. Yeah. Really, really fun. Uh, and also check it out. I'm going to be on, I'm not sure when their episode is coming out, but I'm going to be on uh, Three Black Halflings uh, having a chat with, with them uh, pretty soon. Uh, but check out Three Black Halflings anyway, because it's a great check show. Check them out. Uh, so I'm yeah. gonna, I'll, I'll plug them regardless of if I'm on there or not, but I will eventually be on there. Wow. Um, uh, sweet guys, uh, you can follow us all on social media that we may or may not use at Ch Murphy's Me, at Caldys Caldwell, at Astros Emily, and at Trigger, which is Jake. And you can tweet about the show using hashtag NADPOD. That's N A D D P O D. We are, we are the youth of the nation. We are, we are the youth of the nation. Dungeon, 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 
Haldor Frostback, Steelbreaker, Matt M, and Darby M, a D&D group made entirely of DMs. Brad D is the combat DM, Jeff S is the story DM, Haldor is the wacky tangent DM, Steelbreaker is the emotional catharsis DM, Matt M is the shop and tavern DM, and last but not least, Darby M is the snack DM. Now all they need is some players. Jordan DJ, Cutter W, Jive G, Dylan B, and Dungeon Mama. Beth's bunkmates at Equestrian Model UN Astrophysics Chess Camp. The daily schedule is totally overwhelming, but the zipline totally kicks ass, so they're all making do. Danielle the Dastardly Dame, Andrew M, Beardman Dan, Scott D, and Danny P. Bird Opera season ticket holders. At first, they didn't love the theater's pivot to Birdlesque, but after watching an all-nude version of Bye Bye Birdie, they're renewing their tickets for the next decade. Ooh, mama, that's a lot of sea glass. Mixologist Michael McD, Vincent W, Balnor's Boy, Andrew B, and Justin I. Darth Vader's five favorite stormtroopers. In fact, the main reason he wears that mask is to hide the fact that he's constantly making kissy faces at them. Nice! Ragnar Fairdwin, TJM the Gnome Barbarian, Kaylee E, Elena M, Trele the Crayfay, and Jared E. Wizards whose job is to cast the Reduce spell on fancy cars and limousines so that ultra-rich birds can attend Birdlesque in style. Sure, it's a bad use of their wizarding degrees, but as all bird billionaires say, money squawks! Damiel R, cyborg version of Josh the Cobalt, Gage M, Filbert the Fabulous, and Richard X Machina. The Birdlesque Costume Department. These talented tailors made history and proved the world wrong by creating a pair of tights that can make a goose's ass look fierce. Love it. Michael L, Trash the Traveler, Sir Carl, Jory S, and Callum L. People who tried to get tickets to Birdlesque but had to settle for the Lion King on Broadway instead. Luckily, the Zazu puppet in that is pretty hot, so it all worked out. Jack L, Flawless Whale, Sam L, Nicholas C, Sam B, and Mike H, the inventors of Murph Soda. These talented cola brewers have found a way to condense Murph's essence into a drink. Sure, it involves trimming his hair while he sleeps, but hey, you can't mess with success. Udushmuluk, the Baby Bronze Dragon, Matthew E, Colton B, Adam G, Megan S, and Knee Badger. The only human performers at Birdlesque. They may not have feathers or beaks, but when you watch them flap, chirp, and squawk on that stage, you will swear they hatched from eggs. Impressive. Panama James, coming to the Bard, Captain Sigil, Nathan C, Grace G, and Diana. Victorious secret supermodels who can't confirm that their butts give them advantage on all charisma checks. Woo! Shake it. Cece Lulu, Barnesinator, Michelle O, Alex W, and Timmy R. Birdlesque performers who strip by molting their feathers. Their stripteases take anywhere from two years to several years, but some would argue that only increases the tease. Ooh, I would agree. Jonathan W, the crock-wearing warrior, Lucas B, Aaron S, Eats Kevin, and Bionic Pookie. Beth's overworked team of tutors that is making sure she knows chemistry, calculus, and speaks fluent French by the time she reaches pre-K. Get ahead of the curve. New York, Katie W, Cass, Stephen C, Michael M, and Mike K. 
rogues who have expertise in stealing the DM's treats. It's not honorable work, but it keeps their bellies filled with brownies and cupcakes. Mmm, deliciously dishonest. Taco, the Queen of Curling, Joy T, Jake L, Nick W, Brave the Badger, and Esme M. The friends of divorcing co-DMs who have been forced to choose sides. Nick W, Brave the Badger, and Esme M all elected to go with a fight DM, and Jake L, Joy T, and Taco, the Queen of Curling, are doing non-stop, all-the-time roleplay with no physical contact. You're making the most of it. Good job, gang. Kelsey C, Nathan, Casimir the All-Knowing, Big Bad Beardo the Mad, Giant Monsters on the Horizon, and Gulia Julia. Vocal coaches for the Bird Opera. It must be heavily stressed that these are not the same vocal coaches employed by Obsidian or Lake. There is more than one vocal coach in this world. Thrath, Burly T, Percival Frederickstein von Musel Klosowski de Rolo III, Christian A., J. Dragonborn, and Joro the Inappropro, ooh, Beth's Stable of Horses. See, she's been taking equestrian lessons since she was four, so she keeps outgrowing them and needs to get new ones. It's a financial nightmare, and it's tearing this family apart. What are we going to do with all these horses? Jeez! Cody B., Liam D., The Sandrian, Ben A., Feldonis, and Dave H., the various venture capitalists that Jake keeps trying to pawn his shares of the bird opera onto. The problem? They actually already own a controlling share of this amazing idea. <sighs> Sorry, Jake. Money squawks. Vivian, Koala Bear, Catherine S., David K., Christian S., and Dustin S. S a lot of S's. The makers of the Enlarge Reduce spell, who actually found out the only building the spell works on is a gingerbread house. They're all spending the holidays in a delicious, edible cottage with a candy cane picket fence, so they'd argue the spell works exactly as intended. Keith K, Connor F, Hawkeye Pierce, Isabel F, The Time Walker, and Two Left Eyes. Members of the DM Mafia, if you rat on any of their behind-the-screen secrets, they'll break your rolling fingers. Capiche? DPC is awesome. Blair, the Bug Blair Barbarian. Cat C, Pork Chop, Chanel M, and Velociraptor. The birds who created Birdlesque. They were just pecking away at some seeds when their clothes started to fall off, and bam, a new art form was born. Minette F, Pat L, Achutha A, Lauren H, Amber W, and Elias Hawthorne. The judgmental parents of Beth's classmates. If Beth can't get it together for her harp recital, these absolute gossip hounds are going to make her the talk of the next PTA meeting. Good luck, Beth. Alex H. Ryan S. The Bone Duster. Robot Crisps. Brintley C. And Micah B. The most dedicated parents in Beth's neighborhood. Their kids all participate in horse hockey, which requires 5 a.m. practice and transporting a horse in goalie pads. That's dedication. Ploops. Carly Ann, Lori P, Seth AJ, Spam Gaming, the not-so-skilled gamer, and Connor Savage. The wealthiest birds at Birdlesque. The grand total of their shiny object cash is worth at least two dollars. Wow. Unattainable. The one percent of birds. Christopher J, Pebblepot, Logan S, Leviathan, BioQuirt 7, Remington CD, and Amber Dextras. 
DMs who run the game as an elaborate ruse to hoard snacks. None of their players are allowed to have a bite, and in fact, they're required to feed them grapes during any scene description. Honestly, sounds fair. Thrill of the Fright, Sullivan H., Trub Hopdropper, Sydney T., Matt Y., and Alex C. Creators of Victoria's Beakrit, the only lingerie for birds. Genius. So simple, yet so brilliant. Sid B., Jake, CCA, Matthew J., TREP, and Noah. Beth's Hockey Coaches. She'll stop at nothing to reach her goal of becoming a New York Islander. Godspeed, Beth. Godspeed. Estelle. Baron S., Sebastian's romance partner from the Baronies. Conflicted DM, Justin LB, Dandy, and Jennifer R. Other backseat DMs in Arwen's game. Only, rather than second-guessing spell saves, these players are constantly asking to change the radio station and begging to pull over for fast food. Wow. Richard G., M. Barber, Marcos P., Pop Kalish, Gabriel M., and Learns the Balanced Druid. Horse trainers at Beth's equestrian school. All agree that Beth isn't cut out for horseback riding, but have decided against telling Beth's parents since they like the cash. Can't hate it. Dakota JP, Pagos, self-proclaimed Fay Prince, Tracy P, the Crick Elf Librarian, Andy E, Scrumpy Bogpipe, and Lisa M. Bird-loving humans who are pretty pissed that they will not be allowed to go into the bird opera. Jake would, however, encourage you to visit the concession stand and tip well. Thank you. Holly Hyena, Anthony A, Abigail, Maybe, Egg Infinitum, and Sloth King 777. Giant eagles who have decided to make Kevin's point over and over and over again by carrying Kevin everywhere they go from now on. Take that, Kevin's DM. Kaka! Cal can't commit. Commodore Galaxy, Edison N, Russell H, a monk named Dilgo and Neos, the novice monster hunter. Venture capitalists listening to Jake's half-hearted pitch for Bird Opera. They can tell his art isn't in it, but it's the aloofness that drives them to invest and ultimately seals Jake's fate as the CEO of this doomed business idea. You got this, Jake. Lorelai and Kyra Frost, Morgan M, Sticker, Zachary A, Stephen E, and Mr. Adams. Birds who paid the big sea glass for their own seat at Bird Opera and are not visiting the concession stands, and that is not okay. The business falls apart if you don't go to the concession stand. Come on, we got three types of seeds, please. Megan F., James F., Jimmy A., Penguin Crusader, Cody McKay, and Richard C. Theater reviewers who went to the opening night of Bird Opera only to be confronted with the fact that this is actually birdlesque. Needless to say, they loved it. Cap and Cappy, M4L, Rigby M, the Dragon Ambassador, Wayfarer, Andrew B, and Dalton B. Spandex makers at Victoria's Secret who are confused about a giant influx of custom tiny spandex with ass implants. Something that a pigeon could pull off was in the order notes. Weird, but money is money, and money squawks. And with that, all of our shoutouts are finished. Thank you all so, so much for listening. If you would like your name shouted out, you can join the Council of Elders by going to patreon.com slash nadpod. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we will see you soon. Bye-bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.